0: Gosh, this is so awesome, man. i never in a million years, saw so something like this will happen. Out of turn number
1: four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws.
0: I call Scott, my dad, and uh, nothing like the best in the business. Breathing down, you throw your first outlaw in.
2: Ah, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 17 of Stick Signals. And my golly, what a weekend at Circle City in Plymouth. We'll talk all about it and get ready for a three-day swing in Pennsylvania. The Firecracker coming up, then the Dirt Car Summer Nationals coming up. A lot of fun things happening. Let's get into it here in episode 17. I'm going to introduce my co-host not alongside me because one of them is (laughs) in a a conference room in a hotel we'll talk to Mike here in just a bit but Mick you're back in North Carolina
0: how are you I'm good I may or may not have drank too much habanero uh, honey moonshine last night at the ball game with the company but I'm feeling all right
2: that's good glad you guys took in a ball game I uh, took in a Mariners game how I said a couple weeks ago that was phenomenal I, I love baseball in person not on tv i'm weird but anyway i um, sitting alongside me my good friend mike warren mike uh we are in, in a conference room in, in in indiana how are you my friend we're doing
3: good hey uh you know it was a good week it's been a good weekend in indiana we've had we've had a lot of fun you know uh, I'm, I'm looking forward but we got a lot of racing coming up like it doesn't stop that's what i love about this and it's nice to you know you can't forget me this week because you're some sitting like three inches from you
2: yeah we're really <laughs> best buds uh, this weekend um circle city raceway last weekend uh phenomenal i thought i mean granted yes i know it's a new facility third night on the track one first thing i noticed when i walked up the ground was very soft the dirt was just very soft and i was like oh my these these machines are heavy it's going to be you know it's going to be very interesting but it turned out to be a very good race i think as soon as they smooth it out i mean it's going to be a phenomenal place i thought it was a good night it was a good race
3: well i think one of the things too you know there was a lot of rain in here in the northeast Mm as a Mm -hmm. whole last Couple of weeks, and we saw it on our Super Dirt Car Series race at Lebanon Valley when there was a lot of rain. That, that that definitely contributed to the factor. But a very nice facility at Circle City. I'll tell you what, the concession stands, no line. The way that they got it, no oh, line, yeah. and they take cards. Nice. That is like a dream for someone who doesn't carry cash. So, <laughs> but you know, the food food is really good, mm-hmm. and it was you know it, it was a good night overall. And hey, uh, oh this is going to bother me to say this, but somebody called the winner at Circle. Yeah, City. he did.
2: Last week on Stick Signals, I'm saying I said it, and and it, we were before the feature, and um, <laughs> it was during the feature. And Mike points to me, he says, "God,
0: I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you called it, and sure enough, I did. I told you Dennis Herb Jr. was going to laugh at you guys for not picking him.
0: Yeah, and he had a hell of a run. Did he start on the pole? I can't remember if he started on the pole or.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, that was second. a
0: great run. Second
3: i believe he we'll started second Moore. yes more yeah
0: that's right that's right but yeah he he took the lead there i think gustin got around him for a little while but he took it right back so
2: so, so when we do our report cards again we got to give him a little bump up there he is back
0: yeah 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 he just he just aced a test so and in the the smile on his face you know I, like i've said before i see all the pictures i don't get a lot of dennis herb smiling pictures and there's a bunch of dennis herb smiling pictures from last weekend and i i think that's beautiful that just Good to see him having a good time.
2: Definitely. Uh, One thing I want to touch on, how about this? Making his World of Outlaw debut with Viper Motorsports, Max Blair, going for 2021 World of Outlaw Rookie of the Year next year. Max Blair finished fourth that first night, had a good run the second out of Plymouth as well. I'm excited to see him. Obviously, we talk about the rookie class this year. I'm ready to see him next year what he can do.
3: Yeah. He was very good, a good top five finish, and he was strong all night. But I I don't want to focus on, you know, the future so much. We got to stay in the present when it comes to rookies. Ryan Custon yeah. had a heck of a weekend. And, you know, if not for a couple of cautions, if that if that race goes green to check Friday night, and obviously, you know racing that's gonna happen, you're gonna have cautions. So he gets his first career victory. I don't think there's a question about it. Cause he I will argue he was better than Dennis Herb, but the top went away late in the uh, race.
0: I I would agree with that. I think that he was he was definitely hunting Dennis down there and then it just sort of slicked off and it seemed like he just couldn't get around him and and Dennis was able to hold it there on the bottom.
2: Uh lap traffic too. I mean I think Gustin was just more maneuverable through lap traffic. And it's funny, uh in qualifying that that was the worth that was worth admission for all the fans Shepard and gustin just pounding the cushion and qualifying and they they did that all night they lived and died by the cushion that was a bread and butter and they made it phenomenal they made a phenomenal show out of it but yeah gustin i would say is not far away from his first
3: outlaw win no no and you know that that'll i think that leads us we can transition to saturday night at Plymouth Speedway he had another great run on saturday at race on my Rick Eckert but and again, he was looking on the outside. And a couple of times he got caught a little bit too high coming out of four. But he had a great race with Shepard, Bruning. I think he caught up to the back of Heckin' Ass for once. Marlar was in there as well. But it leads me again. As our good buddy Rick Eschman did, rub-a-dub-dub. You can't beat Scrub.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to use two nicknames in a headline. I like that. I,
3: I, I thought did it they- was good. I enjoyed
0: it. Yep. It was great. (laughs) I love headlines. (laughs) Um,
2: Tyler Bruning, that first night, obviously didn't do very sharp, but he turned back real quick the following night and did very well. Uh, Very good podium finish for Tyler Bruning, third. So that rookie competition is is getting real. Um, another guy I wanted to touch on how you said scrub, how about this? Since August 2nd, 2017, last one I'll feature 2011 champ is back. It's good to see him. I mean, you got to imagine it's a little, a little challenging to be transitioning from, you know, this Alan Murray motorsports car back home to his original stuff. Like, you know, you can't really get a consistent feel for cars. He comes back and wins in a, in a car that he's not so familiar with. It's good to see that team back in victory
3: lane with the outlaws. He was so happy. The one thing with Rick too, and I, I alluded to this, I think, after Port Royal, you look at his finishes. He's he would not be eleventh in points if he was running the tour full time. I think he'd be right up there with with Chevy and Matt. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you guys, and he's he's probably had the third best stats out of everybody. Just he hasn't obviously started as many races. At the end of the day, Farmers even Farmer City he was good.
0: Yeah, in fact, he ran pretty good at Bristol too, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I mean he's been good everywhere we've gone this year. I mean the only night, even Friday night at Circle City. He wasn't bad no he wasn't, yeah. I mean he wasn't great he wasn't up there uh, he wasn't a factor for the win but he was he was not bad and I'll tell you what he had to show his veteran prowess because that may have looked all right you look at yeah Ecker led all 40 laps it he was on the wheel the whole time and I'll tell yeah, you yeah for sure Heckiness will be the first one to tell you Ecker drove a perfect race if not if it's not a guy that's used to that situation in lap traffic Eckerd probably picks up the victory inside.
0: that plymouth feature that whole show went so quick and I mean you guys were I think the sun hadn't even set when the feature was over. I was out listening to music and happened to watch it on the Dirt Vision app, but uh that whole feature was good. There was action everywhere.
3: Well, that's a that's a, a product of being the longest day of the year coming up and us being like on the western side of the eastern time zone.
0: True, right? true. Which
3: I it took me a while to see that because I'm getting I'm looking at pictures on Twitter from the northeast and I'm like, "Why is it dark out at the same time?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Indiana is eastern time zone, right? Or it, is, is that right? Yes. Plymouth is still most, Eastern.
2: Most of the state is. Right. Basically, the state line of Illinois and Indiana is the, is the uh time zone. Central change.
0: time zone. But, man, they're way out on that west side of it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really cool. I remember going with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, interviewing Billy Moyer, uh, and the sun's still up. It's unreal, and it's like 9.45 p.m. It's unreal. I yeah. it. That's that's my favorite thing. I'm a daytime guy. I don't like the dark. But um, talking about Frank Heckenness Jr., That leads us to like the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Uh, That is going to be fun because Frankie, obviously, he's been running a lot of our outlaw shows. And he says he wants to race better competition to get better. And he's got a lot better. I mean, Frankie's always been good. But this year, he said this to me in Victory Lane. I finally got my rhythm before Summer Nationals when it usually feels like I get my rhythm. Once summer nationals is ending, so it's good to see that driver. Uh, summer nationals is going to be absolutely packed and dynamite this year.
0: I, I think so, and you had both of the Gundakers out there. In fact, uh, the younger one was grad, took his high school graduation there at the track, which I thought was yes. pretty awesome.
3: Now the photos are hilarious because he was not happy to do that.
0: <laughs> the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd wondered if that was pre-planned or if they just sort of popped it on him.
3: I well, I, I think his mom was behind the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. About it.
2: Yeah, it, it was definitely Tammy wanted to do that. But you know, mom being mom, she loves her kids, and that's pretty cool for Trevor to miss his graduation and be at a race uh, to race.
3: That that he's a true racer right there.
0: Yeah, it says a lot about our sport and the personalities in it. That's just
3: sort of what we do, right? We go race. Going back to Hackenast though, he has seven starts with the Outlaws this year. All seven are top tens, and he has wow. So Hackenast has been very good when he's ran with us so far this year. I mean, wow, so I didn't realize that. He's another guy. Like, if he ran with us full time, I think a he, former rookie of the year. Ah, uh, yes. I have to go back to the history bank for a second. <laughs> a but, it, you know, he's the guy can drive. It's no surprise he was up there and he, he was happy. I mean, he, he was like that frustrated happy when I talked to him after the race. But it's like, hey, Rick Eckert's been doing this for a long time. I know what yeah. he's doing. I, I, I don't mind getting beat by him.
0: I honestly didn't realize that Eckert hadn't had a win in that long. It just just right. seems weird when when Ruben mentioned that in Victory Lane. I'm like, really? Like, it's surprising.
3: Now he won, he's won races, left. sure, not, just not outlaw yeah. races. You know, his last outlaw race being in 2017. That kind of shocked me too. For as well as he's run, and I mean, as well as he's run his whole career, I mean, he's a 2011 champion. You know, right? Him. And he
0: doesn't, you know, he obviously he's hasn't been on the tour cool. with us in a couple of years, but i mean he runs with us frequently so it was just it was surprising that he hadn't had a win in that long
2: yeah has a second win of the year uh at port royal earlier here this year which we talked about back at port royal uh, yeah scrub is great i i just wish we'd see him full time again if i'm not mistaken i gotta go back to the history books in this one but he had perfect attendance with the outlaws from 2004 to i think it was 2017 or 16 i believe it was around wow. there so yeah it's really cool to see him you know hop in when he can
0: yeah, he's a great personality, too. He's a fun guy to have around.
2: Let's give the top 10 in points. Uh, not much really shuffled up. Shepard continues to be your leader now by 46 points over Chris Madden. Uh, Chris Madden did not use his primary car this past weekend, uh, trying to get the other car uh, up to par and up to speed. As that way he has two good machines. So Madden second in points. Tyler Bruning third in points. Ricky Weiss fourth in points. Kay Dillard fifth in points. Ryan Gustin's up to sixth. Uh, Dennis Herb Jr. 7th, Boone mm-hmm. Briggs ninth, and Kyle Strickler ninth, with Brent Larson in the top 10. That's the way your points are right now. Things are getting exciting as we get to the busiest part
3: of the year. Yeah, it's about to get busy. Three races next week, and uh, we should talk about speaking. We're heading to New York next week for one of now the two trips to the entire state in 2021. Right. The Orange County Fair Speedway, of course, if you hadn't heard this week, added to the schedule Thursday, August 19th. And I'll tell you what, now I can safely say, there is one track on the schedule that I have been to.
0: <laughs> it finally happened. Is that why we put that race together, just uh, so you could feel home at once? Probably, and we get to see the pro stocks in action, with it, which is going to be Ooh, that's showcase. The Northeast Pro Stocks are fun to watch, man.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we 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 have a favorite pro stock driver. We are totally biased when we say this, but we have a we have a favorite pro stock driver, right, Nick?
0: Yes, for sure. And I also should probably rephrase that: the dirt car pro stocks. Thank you. Not the Northeast. My bad. The Dirt Car Pro Stocks.
3: Good, 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 good Dave. Good, Dave. <laughs> uh, going back to next week, State Line Speedway in Bus Night to New York, might as well be Jamestown. Yeah. And then we to the Thunder Mountain Speedway on Friday, June 18th. And then Saturday, June 19th, the late Model National Open at Sealand's Grove Speedway. And that is a big week for us too, because right after that, we're going back into the Firecracker, the 15th Annual Firecracker 100 at Lernerville. Of course, we got a Super Dirt Car Series race in the middle of that yeah. too. It,
0: it's, it's a busy part yeah. of the season for sure.
3: And you won't even be there. Unfortunately, I will not be there because obviously
2: I'll be on tour with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. But uh, this is a time of year where things are really going to shake up. Remember who won the firecracker last year? The driver out of Roboli Louisiana taking an off weekend this weekend, getting everything ready to go back to Pennsylvania and get that firecracker trophy again. Kay Dillard uh obviously we talk about him being fifth in points he is going to be a
3: force to be reckoned with here these next couple weeks remember he was telling us too on friday night his brother's getting married too so congratulations to caleb who's a driver out of louisiana as well yeah Yeah,
2: and cade's a big family guy too obviously his wife and his kids uh cade's just one of the nicest one of the best dads you'll ever meet out there yeah it's good to see him staying back home taking care of family as it is he has to travel a lot from the state of Louisiana and obviously we'll be in his home state at the rev later on this year, but I mean, he's always away from home. So it's good to see him back home.
3: I was going to say, if there's any guy that's looking forward to the end of the schedule more than anybody, it's probably Kate. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where,
0: where is Robelina relationship to uh, Monroe, Louisiana? Are they pretty close? I guess I have a computer screen. I could look that up. I mean, we don't race in Louisiana very often. I'm very tempted to try to make it down to the rev. The race, the sprint car race, was amazing there, and uh, I got a lot of peeps in New Orleans.
2: So Robeline is in between Shreveport and Alexandria,
3: Louisiana. It's uh, it's not that far from Monroe. Monroe's right there. Yeah, Monroe. Under- yeah,
0: Monroe's right out that way too. Bring your towels. You're gonna sweat all day. You'll get you'll dry off from your shower, walk out of your hotel room, and be sweaty again.
3: No different to being Indiana this week. This, it's, it's, it's hot. <laughs> it's pretty
2: humid this week, and I am not gonna lie, but it's it's gonna be good. Uh, Mike, you're gonna have a busy weekend uh fans could keep up to date with content from our drivers at the dirt lake model dream which you're yep. going to take cover up. What, what are your kind of plans to cover here this week um
3: i'll be keeping you updated okay. on how our guys do throughout the dirt lake model dream of course defending champion event technically is still brandon shepherd yes yep. so we'll see if the rocket ship can go back to back dennis herb see if he'll get you the only two guys that have won the dream so far i'd love to see one of our guys step up and do it again that's for sure
2: yeah all that content uh race fans make sure to follow us on twitter at dirt car racing uh, on facebook as well i mean jordan's gonna do a great job you're gonna do a great job a lot of great content coming up from the dirt late model dream uh mick you're busy with stuff back home too i know you're swamped with a lot of great content so uh, just keep it locked to our browsers a lot of great stuff happening and it's about to get busy boys i mean this stick signals episode, <laughs> Mick probably wants to, you know, pull his hair out because we're recording on the day of, so right now, you're technically <laughs> alive, you know. We're yeah, like, listening to it on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, basically, it'll be out in a few hours, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, eight o'clock in the morning. But that, you know, that's part of this show is that we you guys are always on the road. I'm almost always in the office, and it's
3: right. Um, well, next week, well, you're you're it, always on the road nine times out of ten. But you'll you'll be on the road. We'll both be back in the office. But the week after that, I'll be in a hotel room in Albany. He'll be in a hotel room somewhere in the Midwest, and you'll be in Carolina.
0: Right. So logistically, it's it's interesting. But we you know we we do our best to bring the best audio quality to fans and and stay engaged and on all those things. So, but yeah, it is logistically a little bit of a hassle.
2: Yeah, definitely. We appreciate everybody very much for uh, sticking with us, staying loyal to Stick Signals. We love you all. And uh, I said this is the official podcast of Dirt Car Racing in the world of Outlaws. We're going to talk. A bunch of that this summer from summer nationals inside news uh to world of outlaw inside news uh, it, We're just going to bring it to you all and it's going to be a fun summer and we hope you all are ready
0: and in fact actually both guests on this this week's episode are uh held tour guys summer nationals uh we have tanner <clears throat> english on the late model side and nick hoffman swung by the studio to, for a sit down which is actually we could have gone for a long time with that dude
2: yeah nick hoffman's always a character to talk to and he, he's He's going to be fun to watch this year. That seems to be a trend from guys out of the Mooresville area. <laughs> and by the way, Nick Hoffman only needs 14 wins to tie the all-time winner. Mike Harrison with a Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. Can he get it done? Oh, I don't know. It's like Bab. Can he pass Moyer or, or tie him with 100 wins with Summer Nationals or pass him? It's going to be a very interesting summer.
0: He said in this interview, he said his goal is to... He had 13 wins last year, which I believe is a record. Yes. And, and he wants... To best that by one at least but we also he, he didn't read the competitor notes and still thought it was eight races for the points and it's 12 so that was breaking news to him in the in the moment which is kind of funny you know yeah. like oh crap i gotta run them all driving notes. <laughs> what's that, that they don't read the competitor notes it drives me crazy right drivers read your competitor notes all the notes are there <laughs>
2: That is that is a promoter's nightmare when race fans call. Hey, well, how much are the tickets? Hey, what t- what yep. time do y'all start? Like, it's literally on the flyer, on the website, on the Facebook, on the
3: Twitter, on like like just please, yes. Just read them.
0: Not that we don't appreciate your phone calls to the office and
3: right, but 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 like if I don't post it, all right, that's not me. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But usually, the, usually the information is out there either either for sure on the websites. It also comes through in social competitor notes, emails. If you sign up for the um various email newsletters that we have you'll get all the information right there in your inbox weekly if not more frequently so
2: and guys summer's uh, about to get busy and don't forget about your dad father's day is coming up and the weather is catching heat whether you have a dad bod or rocking a six-pack make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved when it matters most make your dad proud this year and get him a get him and yourself a Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 and be refined Cologne by Manscaped, the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refund Cologne is perfect for you and your dad uh, to complete uh, the grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code STICKSIGNALS21, again, code STICKSIGNALS21 at manscaped.com. And if you weren't able to join us this past weekend in the Hoosier State, don't forget, go to store.worldofoutlaws.com. All the merchandise you can ever imagine on that website, just check it out, store.worldofoutlaws.com. And if you buy $50 worth of merchandise You get free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Why stand in line? Buy your gear now at www.store.worldofoutlaws.com. Visit the general store online today. In shop now. Well, uh, me and Mike have been very busy on the road. Uh, we we haven't been able to do much of Stick Signals this week. And again, Mick, we apologize <laughs> and thank you for what you do. Obviously, behind the scenes, you do a lot that the fans don't even see. And, and thank you from both of us, uh, you and Jordan Delucia got to sit down and talk to Tanner English.
0: Yeah, and it was it was for. He was in this shop, so it's a little noisy. So I want to apologize for that up front, but it was, it's a fun little interview. He's sitting in his shop office, but he's got
4: some guys thrashing on cars. They're trying to get everything ready to, to get on the hell tour. So... And joining us today is none other than the two co- two-time Mars Late Model Series champion Tanner English from Benton, Kentucky. Uh, Tanner, how are you today?
1: Pretty good. How about y'all? Doing well. That's good.
4: We, uh, you know, it's 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 so cool to have you on the on the podcast. And uh, let's just dive right into it. Let's talk a little bit about you know your summer nationals uh, run this year, as well as your your Carr uh, national late model points title. Um, you know, what 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 made you want to uh, to chase the the summer nationals title on your way to kind of um, you know, making it enough races and uh, enough points to, to claim uh, a Dirk our national late model points title at the end of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. You know, the UMP deal, um, you know, you only have to have 35 races technically. You know, you, you want to get more. So, uh, But it just makes sense. You know, you're running 36 nights and you're, it's all UMP points and it's all big car counts. So you got you got the best chance at getting the most points by following that deal and, and just, you know, staying with it and uh you know building momentum is is key in this racing deal if you can if you can keep your momentum up and uh keep your confidence up and that's that's huge and uh it just it really uh helps out the racing program when you can race night after night after night
0: have you been to very many of the tracks on the the held tour schedule
1: uh i'd say about 75 percent of them yeah uh, oh nice eventually yeah
0: what would you consider your home track then?
1: Um, now it, it used to be Paducah International Raceway, which was on the, the hell tour schedule at one time. Um, that was my home track, you know, technically. But now I consider it Clarksville Speedway is probably my home track. It's it's within an hour where I grew up, so it's it's pretty close. Now,
0: how many guys are you taking on the road with you? Is it you and a couple crew guys, or
1: yeah, it's me and my my one crew guy Brock. Uh, he's with me all the time, and uh, he's he's helped me out quite a bit this year you know I've 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 had a hard time uh you know with with crew guys you know getting getting guys that are really good and uh, and stuff like that but Brock he uh he fits the uh fits the bill and uh you know he's he's really good works hard and, and uh, couldn't do it without him you know and then I got my dad that goes with me quite a bit so uh we're, we're set pretty good on huh? him
4: on the, uh, help side. Yep. Um, you know, speaking of your, your crew guys and, and the, you know, the kind of the, um, workload you guys would be facing this year, you know, when you and I spoke uh, at Fairbury for the, uh, one of the more recent, uh, Mars late model sh- shows, um, you know, you told me that, you know, you've really felt like, uh, you know, you guys could handle the workload this year, uh, of chasing both the summer nationals, uh, title and the, the Dirk car national title. Um, you know, what makes you kind of, um, feel that you're you know you're you're ready to take on such a task because i I honestly i think i don't think there's any other late model driver out in the nation right now that's that's chasing more races than you are maybe other than like the rocket one team right um so what makes you want to what makes you want to do all that
1: um you know i just feel like we're set up for it you know we got we got the cars and we got the equipment and uh we got as of right now we don't have the motors uh but they're they're coming you know uh, we got two that are almost done and and at that point we'll have four motors and and three cars so i mean it's uh if if you're if you can't make it with that, then uh, you know something's wrong. But uh, uh, you know, I think we're set up like we need to be, and and just just are prepared and are running good. That means a lot. When you're running good, you know, uh, just things go smooth and and. The, the bills are paid for and stuff like that. So, uh, it just, it helps when you're, when you're running good.
4: Absolutely. Um, and you recently mentioned your, uh, your father, uh, Terry English, who is of course a, uh, uh, was Dirk late model national points champion in 2002. Um, you know, so what would it mean for you uh, to win one as well?
1: Uh, it'd be huge. You know, uh, also my, my father-in-law, Rodney Melvin, you know, he's a, he's a four-time, um, UMP champion. So I'm the only one in the, in the family there that, that doesn't have one. So, uh, It'd be really cool to get one, and and uh, just to have that, um, you know, legacy. I feel like would be huge, you know, for for maybe my kids down the road or or whoever it may be, you know, uh, just to just to carry the legacy on. That, you know, we're we're pretty good in the Midwest here, that's in our families, and uh, you know, just I don't, my dad's never won a summer nationals deal though, so I'd like to get that on. him.
4: You know, you've you're you're not really obviously you're not a stranger to any of the late model world or any of the the dirt car shows um, that you know you've ran over your career. But you know you've ran some summer nationals races before. um, You know, but uh, you know the uh, when we talk about the amount of tracks that we go to, of course you being from Kentucky, that's you know you're more like the southern flavor. Mm -hmm. um, You know, how do you uh, do you think that you're going to kind of fare against uh, some of the more tighter bull rings out in that we see out in Illinois?
1: You know, uh, that's. I feel like I'm actually better at those tracks than what I would be at tracks that, you know, you would think I'd be good at, like, say, a Florence or something like that. You know, that doesn't really fit my driving style. I don't feel like uh, just bigger tracks in general. Even though I grew up at Paducah, you know, it's a, it's pretty much a half mile, big three-eighths. And uh, uh, I don't know. I was good at Paducah, but I can't seem to, you know, I got a lot better last year on that Lucas deal with, with all the half miles and, and stuff like that we ran, but. I don't know. It just—it's tough, you know, uh, running them. And but, uh, I just feel like, you know, the those cushions and chasing the moisture and stuff like that. I'm more more like better at that than uh, than I am. You know, just slick top to bottom or, or you know something like that.
0: You mentioned uh, your family has been racing. When did you first get in a car?
1: Um, I got into a uh, mini sprint when I was 11 years old, and then uh, I actually. We did that for a year and then uh my dad he didn't know much about it so uh he was like you know this don't make sense so he he had an old rayburn car and i jumped in that when i was 12 and uh spaced the pedals way out i had about i don't know six inch spacers on the pedal you know and had the steering wheel spaced way up and the seat way up uh, could barely see over the dash but i i, I went in it i actually won my first race when i was 12 and and turned 13 there that year and, and just, just went from there, you know, ran crates for, I don't know, five, or six years, something like that. And then just worked my way up to late models. We've, we've done it kind of slow. You know, a lot of people jump out there on the national scene when they're young and, and uh, get a lot of experience. And I, I couldn't really do that. I didn't have the means to do that. So uh, just kind of did it. What, what made sense and uh, went from there.
0: Right. You, you mentioned, do you have kids,
1: no, I, I have a kid on the way, a little girl. That, Is he,
0: uh, yeah. I was wondering if there was going to be another generation of drivers. Then,
1: hopefully, yeah. Uh, what, it might, it might be that little girl. I don't know. Uh, my wife's pretty, <laughs> pretty into the racing deal, and, and I think, I think I've got her talked into at least trying it with, uh, with her and uh, seeing how things go. And uh, you know, not going to push them on anything they they don't want to do, but uh, would love to love to help them out on any way they go want to go. Right.
0: So you've had some, some pretty big wins already this year. Um, How are you feeling with with, uh, the way the season's going? Are you carrying a bunch of momentum with you?
1: I feel like we are, you know, uh, it's, you know, the last few weeks we've kind of took off and and laid low um, just to to stay ready for the summer nationals. So it may look like we've lost a little bit of steam, but, you know, pretty much when we, uh, you know, when we ran there at Fairbury, we, we won that deal, and then we, we just raced at um, Spoon and uh, uh, Fayette County, and we were on the podium both nights there. So I feel like we're we're carrying some momentum, and uh, we're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Tanner, you've done the uh,
4: some of the summer nationals races on your your own car in the white 96 that some, a lot of people normally are used to seeing you in. But this, you know, in the for the past, uh, I believe it's going on about two-ish, some three years now that you've been driving with uh, Riggs Motorsports. <laughs> two um, for years. those Yeah, two years. How uh, – can you kind of explain to, for the folks that don't know uh, exactly how that all deal came together and what it's since been like uh, running, uh, with, you know, on, uh, with another team?
1: Yeah, actually at the, uh, end of 19, which was a, which was a major up and down year for me, you know, uh, started out in the one sixteen car with uh, Randy Weaver and chip stone. And, uh, you know, had some sponsorship issues with that and it kind of fell through there at the beginning of that year. We ran really well at speed weeks, so. uh, you know, I thought I was looking forward to the year and, and, uh, it was going to be an awesome year. I felt like, you know, and then it kind of fell through. And then I bounced around a little bit through the year and, and went here and there and, uh, actually had that, that number 22 Tommy Pope car, you know, I drove it quite yep. a bit.
4: And Big that, record for uh, Farmer City in the alina one year. I remember that. Yeah.
1: Farmer City. Yeah. We led half that alina 100, I think. And Shepard got me there halfway. But, uh, you know, uh, that year was so up and down, and then uh, I got a call from uh, Scott there at the end of the year, Scott Riggs, and uh, he just, uh, you know, he said, asked me what I was doing for the next year, and I said, I really have no plan, and uh, he was thinking about starting a race team back up. You know, he, they've raced in the past, had um, Shirley's drove for him, and, and Randy Cordy's drove for him, stuff like that, so, uh, and my dad's actually drove for him in the past, but uh, they, had, they had set idle for a little bit, and uh, hadn't done anything, and and, uh, you know, I live up in Benton, Illinois now, you know, uh, up here right south of Mount Vernon. So, uh, that's actually where they're located too. So he just, he knew that. And it kind of worked out where, uh, we could work something out and I could work at the shop full time and just do this full time. And, And man, it's been a blessing for sure. It's, uh, it's, it's allowed me to focus on racing a lot more and, uh, you know just I just feel like I'm, we're a better team and and are better prepared for uh to go out and race against big big teams like we do so uh you know it's been a it's been a really good deal and uh you know I'm I'm excited for what's to come
0: What's what's he like as an owner? I mean with his experience does it make it kind of nice he kind of knows what you guys need and things like that?
1: Definitely. Yeah, uh, you know it's awesome to uh have somebody that knows what what goes into it and what it takes to win. So, uh, you know, if if uh, if I need something, I just you know I ask, and they 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 usually give it to me. You know, uh, pretty much everything everything we need is uh is here. You know, uh, we've got the tools to win races. We just got to go out and do it.
4: Absolutely. And I think uh, final thing we got to address. You know, you're taking on the Hell Tour for the first time. Um, you know, ever to plan the whole run, the whole thing. And what a time to do it 36 races over what 68 days or something like that. That's incredible. Uh, you know, how does that kind of host it to you? I guess it's kind of figures that, you know, you come to, to make your first uh, Hell tour strides full time and then you've, you just, you know, Sam and all the gang pop plops, all these races on top of you. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. No, I'm definitely more of a fan of, uh, you know, crunching it all together and getting it done. But, uh, this is, uh, it kind of works out, you know, definitely this year because, uh, uh, my wife's due there in that break so uh it'll it'll work out you know uh, hopefully the baby comes you know at the right time <laughs> right yeah and so uh you don't ever know but uh you know we'll, we'll play it by ear and and uh if she comes early we might have to uh, miss a night you know and that's fine uh, you know by the way the points are set up so uh, that's allowed this year yeah exactly so uh you know it's it's pretty cool how it's set up this year it just kind of works out um everything's kind of played right in our favor.
4: That's right. So, you know, like race fans, we've got 36 races. Everything starts off uh, June 15th at Brownstown Speedway in Indiana. Uh, If anybody's in the area or thinking about coming out for a week or so, it's definitely going to be the biggest uh, kickoff of the summer for the biggest uh, and best late model modified racing in Indiana. So, Tanner, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate you having me on Stick Signals, and, uh, well, good luck to you for the rest of the year.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it
2: tanner english is ready for the dirt car summer nationals he he's been racing a lot the past couple years and he is going to be back on tour past 16 champions for the dirt car summer nationals all come from the land of lincoln illinois baby those Illinois bad boys but this year he's trying to stop him from benton kentucky can he get it done tanner english the thrill from mooresville nick hoffman who's been very fun to watch for the dirt car summit racing equipment modified nationals joins us on stick signals now he joined mick and jordan in the studio
4: well, joining us today here on six signals is another dirt car superstar he is the only uh six time dirt car nationals ump modified champion nick hoffman nick for thanks for joining us today yeah i appreciate you having me um you know we talk about getting ready here for the hell tour we are now just under i believe uh well it's tuesday so we are just one week out from the start of the summit racing equipment modified nationals at the Brownstown speedway june 15th we're going to start it off and uh well you're coming in as the uh the defending champion so i know that's i uh, gotta give you some some positive thoughts about the places we're going to you've won it she's probably half of these places and um you know some of the the new places that we're going this year as well i'm sure you're excited to get to so uh preliminary thoughts about uh, the tour before we, get, before we get started?
5: Yeah, for sure. Um, next week's gonna be a pretty good week for us. I've wanted every one of these racetracks next week. Um, so yeah, I'm pumped up to go. Uh, everything's pretty much geared up and ready. So uh, obviously it's a grueling tour and you gotta have everything go your way and you gotta have plenty of spare parts and and body panels and everything else. So just trying to get everything geared up right now and. Um, it's going pretty smooth. So, uh, yeah, next week should be a good one. Brownstown's one of my favorite racetracks in the country. And, uh, normally, you know, that place is the first one on the schedule and it always gets rained out. So, <laughs> um, so hopefully we get that one in this year, uh, be pretty good. But, uh, Peoria, you know, Tri-City, uh, Fairbury, all those places have been pretty good to me. So I was able to pick up a win at Tri-City, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so got some laps there. So, um, uh, feel, feeling really confident about, you know, going into this year. Um, <laughs> You know, we've uh, we got a
4: lot of new tracks coming on. Of course, the, the Michigan uh, tracks that we that uh, some people you know get to get out to, others may like yourself. Kind of, it's a little bit farther away. But uh, you know, being originally from Illinois, you've like you said, you wanted all of those tracks in the first week. So your you know your your uh, confidence is high, and and that's good to see. But if you uh, kind of take a look at any of the other new tracks uh, that we're going to on the schedule, you got, like that Knox County Fairground Speedway, that's <laughs> that big flat half mile out there.
5: Yeah, yeah. So I've seen like one or two races at like that place. Uh, um, and I feel like that'll kind of run it in, right in my wheelhouse as far as big sweeping momentum type deal. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm always excited to go to new places. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to kind of race all over pretty much from Mississippi over this way. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of different racetracks and, um, I feel like I got a pretty good win percentage when it comes to new racetracks for us. So, um, I, you know, I just, I like going to different places. Uh, there's a couple races that I will skip. Um, just as far as places that I, I might not run very well and and want to save my equipment so uh the nice part the beauty of the the modified deal is only taking your best eight nights um so you can kind of pick and choose but we you know we're racers we're, we're gonna be out on the road racing so we'll hit as many of them as we can
4: you know speaking of which you know we normally we do take eight but this year we remember taking 12. Um, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, See, so, yeah, yeah. how yeah. much I <laughs> <laughs> pay attention. Yeah, I, say, I mean, we're I mean, we're doing 36 this year, so of course Sam and the gang had to kind of up it. So we're taking 12 this year, but it doesn't matter. To you, you're going to go out and then race just the same. So, um, you know, what what races uh, on your calendar do you have? Kind of circled? I know we're going back to Belclare, which is, I mean, that yeah. was
5: like almost home track for you, right? Yeah, that was home. Belbo was home for me. So uh, I was actually talking about that yesterday. It was like, I'll probably skip making this year. I did it last year, and I'm just kidding. I suck at making. You know, oh, just, yeah. you know, it's not <laughs> not in my wheelhouse. Yeah i so, did
4: wonder why you were so far down there you really i mean harrison was just i mean he's yeah just so good yeah there, i but. mean
5: like you you got your five or six eight tracks so that you can pretty much chalk up that, that harrison's gonna win you know yeah. and that's for sure one of them so um You know, he's tough everywhere we go, but um, that place, I just suck there. Um, But I am excited to go back to Belleville because, one, that is home, and I watched Dad win a lot of races there. And that place can get to the point where it gets so slick, and you can idle around that infield. And it's really fun when you got that top side there, and then the, the bottom gets so slick and slow. You're almost like idling, you know, around the bottom. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back there, uh, any of those hometown tracks, Peevely, uh Tri-City, those places. Um I really look forward to going back to and to, uh, now with the Alliance, with the Allgaier's, uh, anytime we get close to Springfield, I can stop there and work on all my stuff. And uh, I'm actually going to be back in the seven car a little bit during summer. Oh, okay. too. So uh, I'll be in my car mostly, but they we just built them a brand new car for Justin and I'll be the first one to drive it. So they're preparing it right now so I can mm-hmm. run a couple nights in it, but I'm uh, not sure which, which nights that'll be, Do you know, which, uh, uh, races uh, all is planning on doing this year? I don't know if he'll do any. Um, you know, just being busy with the NASCAR schedule and getting closer to the chase and uh, and everything, their playoff deal. So uh, I don't know what his plan is. Uh, last year he really enjoyed just watching Dirt Vision and we were running really well. So he enjoyed that. But um, I'm not sure what his plan is as far as racing. Um, Kelly Kofsky is the manager of the motorsport side at Allgaier's and he's been driving it a little bit, the car that I raced last year, uh, so he's been running Spoon River and Lincoln and places like that and been uh, running really well, so uh, that car is still running, running really strong and then uh, we built him a new one, so I'm going to try and get all the bugs worked out of it and uh, get that thing dialed in for Justin again. Gotcha.
4: Now, of course, we talk about Justin Algar and you with the the elite chassis, um, both having you know competed so well in many many places. And, and we the number one place that comes to mind when we think of that is is Florida, the Lucia Speedway Park. Yeah. Uh, another dominating performance by you this year, picking up the win, uh, picking up a couple wins, I think. And yeah. then uh, Justin overall winning the uh, the uh, the Gator Championship on on what was it Monday, Monday night there? Night. Yeah. How special was it to, to see him win in a car that you built?
5: Yeah, for sure. Um, he, he was really good all week, but that last night there was just, like, way better than all of us. Um, I run second or whatever to him, and... Um he, he was just way better than we were. But um, yeah, it just, it means a lot. It says a lot for you know our company and, and everything we've put together there at the Elite Chassis deal. Um, our cars are running really strong all over the country right now. So, um, but to get a guy like Justin who says, you know he runs maybe 10 races a year and get in that thing. And you know Volusia is, is probably one of the toughest shows in the country that we go to. You got 80 or 90 cars throughout the week and for him to run as strong as he did and then win the big night, um, it, it says a lot. How were you able to get such great you know speed
4: and and uh, get your car so dialed in at a place that's so far away from home from where you originally grew up to racing the tracks because I mean and not to, to say that I know what every single track is in Illinois that yeah. we could like compare it to Volusia because I think that's kind of its own animal but how is, how is it that you were able to kind of, get this stretch of dominance after racing so many years in Illinois?
5: Yeah. So, um, a lot of it is, you know, everybody talks about the Illinois bull rings all the time and I'm a decent bull ring racer, but the bigger racetracks is where I feel like is where I really make my strides. Um, and even in Illinois, your bigger racetracks, say like Spoon River, uh, Granite, you know, Tri-City is a little bit bigger racetrack, but those are the places that I feel like I'm way better. Um, so Volusia, um, just fits right, right in my wheelhouse of, um, making speed. I feel like where I, uh, work the most is just making my car run through the corner fast, you know, make a, a bunch of momentum speed. Uh, and that place is just all about momentum. So, uh, those places that are stop and go, and you got a drag race, uh, I'm not, you know, as good at, but, um, you know, a place like Volusia just, uh, make momentum speed. And, um, that's kind of where, I set all my stuff up to do, and then um, we've had a lot of success there. I just really enjoyed going to that place. It's um, big, fast. Uh, this year, we had a way different track, I felt like, than we've had in years past, just different dirt they put down this year, and they prepped it different. It was getting pretty much slick every night, and um, so yeah, it was just it was really good racing. So
0: there was a little bit of controversy at DCN this year with the bodies on your car and stuff, and you you were I read an article where you were very upfront about the things you were doing, yep. putting a bubble here and, and this and that. Talk a little bit about about your R&D process and how important that is to your chassis program. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to sell
5: race cars. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, there's a picture that's went around multiple times here of my car in the wind tunnel. You know, and that was was the year that UMP got rid of spoilers, which, you know, we know that was five or six years ago now. Um, And really at that time, I don't know what it costs now, but at that time it was decently cheap to do the one tunnel mm-hmm. deal. Um, you can put your car in A2, which is in Mooresville, not even two miles from my house. And it cost me 400 bucks an hour. Right. And I got four hours worth of time and I split it with another guy. So, I mean like 800 bucks, people spend 800 bucks to go testing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So everybody kind of complained that I was spending all this money. I was like, really? I didn't spend that much money. It's just trying to benefit my deal. So, we learned a lot there. And, you know, I'm pretty open about that whole deal is, you know, when they got rid of the spoilers, we lost with full sail panels, we lost almost 300 pounds of downforce. It's like a 300 pound guy just jumping off the back of the car, you know? Um, so, so yeah, we lost a lot of rear downforce. So then you go into, well, what can we do to regain this? And there's only so much you can do to regain rear downforce, you know, um, with no kind of wickers or anything like that. So we went into like trying to make side force and trying to keep the air attached and keep the air flowing across the car better and all that. And that's kind of what we we focused mainly on. Um, and that was years ago and our bodies have came a long way since then. But um, so now, you know, like in Florida and uh, last year and stuff, you know, we're doing everything you can to uh, make the roof as, as good as possible. You see pictures, of, you know, some of these guys really dishing our roofs and ours right. were doing the same thing, you know, but um, you got to take every advantage you can get. And that was one of those areas that was kind of gray. And now they got it where we have to put bracing and all that stuff in if they can pretty much push it down and tech you know you're screwed so um, so yeah I mean they've kind of got a handle on it now but um, at that time you just do everything you can until they tell you you can't so right. um, so yeah just doing a lot of things to just try and create side force and um, and down force overall but um, everything on my bodies there's you know they kind of look screwed up and people give me crap and I just tell them I was drunk when I built it but, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of crap yeah so I get a lot of crap for it but everything on that body has a purpose like i manipulate panels i do i spend a lot of time just everything has a purpose right. and i think man you, even you go to these illinois bull rings and stuff pretty much everywhere we go now we're running at least 50 to 60 mile an hour you know um and you stick your hand out the window at 50 or 60 mile an hour you know yeah, it's, you can
0: feel what that's doing yeah
5: so it it makes a big difference. Um, putting new bodies on your cars, having your stuff, um, you know, in tip-top position uh, um, shape every time you hit the racetrack um, makes a big difference. And two, as far as sponsors and appeal and everything like that, we always clean our car every single time it comes off the racetrack. It right. just makes a difference. So as far as trying to get you know sponsors and people sitting in the stands to buy a t-shirt, so yeah, um, we we really uh, work hard on that.
0: So I mean, when I got into the to NASCAR. I started in NASCAR, working on K&N cars. Those, those were the, the twisted sister bodies still. So, like, I, yeah. I get going for every little bit that you can get. And my kind of thing with rule books is, you know, it's like channel buoys. As long as you're inside the buoys, you're good. Like, you don't necessarily yeah. want to be all the way over here or over there. But I, I just – the biggest secret in, in motorsports is that there's not really all that many secrets. You know, like yeah. as
5: soon as one other person knows, everybody knows, and then they just gripe about this guy doing it. It's like, get out there and do it, man. Correct. Yeah. So um, that's that's what I always say is don't be the guy that sits there and complains about it. You know, you you have sheet metal at your shop. Go build it. You know, yeah. it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, even if you don't do as nice of a job, as long as it, you know, it uh, fits the template and and uh does what it's supposed to i mean is what it is but yeah i mean like back in those days of the nascar deal um you see you know what they were doing with like the left front fenders and you know smoothing the right front fenders and late model guys are doing the same thing now but um i see all that stuff and um i spend a lot of time on my bodies and uh, they just keep making rules, which is fine. But yeah. you just you just find another way to achieve it, you know. You sort of remind me a little bit of uh, like like a Kenny w- Kenny Weld of the uh, UMP
0: modified. It's like him and Gary Ballou and those the Batwing cars. Yeah, like, we just figured it out. Don't be right. mad about it.
4: Yeah, Syracuse, 1980. It was uh, yeah. Uh, the yeah whole the whole RDL Super Dirt Week.
5: Yeah, and I get a lot of talk about my bodies and stuff, which is cool. Um, it just <laughs> yeah. it helps felicity, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we work hard on it, and um, I feel like that's. One advantage we got at a lot of you know bigger racetracks we go to, and mm-hmm. um, it all it's all legal. Everything we do is completely legal, and I get I, I will tell you I get my car teched every single night, probably t- tougher than anybody. Sure. And I've seen you do it. Yeah. And I, I'll change whatever they want me to change. It's just, you know, obviously I'm going to show up there and push the limit and then they'll tell me, you know, you got to change this and that. And I mean, at Terre Haute there a couple of weeks ago, I was cutting on sail panels and stuff at the racetrack, but it was just like, <laughs> you know, Terre Haute, we're going to use everything we can get. And they didn't tell me I got to change it and I'll just change it.
0: Do you think that, um, suspension wise modifieds have sort of plateaued and, <clears throat> and it's into the body now or?
5: No, not really. Um, we're always still working on our suspension side for sure. Um, so a lot of that just trickles down from late model stuff what guys are doing on some late models and uh things that they've done in the past and it ends up trickling down to us um so being fortunate enough to run some late model races and being into that market too um you know just being around it helps me a bunch with my modified stuff so um yeah it's just The suspension side is obviously where you still make your grip. And, uh, right now I feel like we got a lot of mechanical grip and our cars turn really well. So, um, I think the biggest thing, um, people work too much on just making rear grip and mechanical grip, and then they don't steer very well. And so when the track slows down and gets slick, uh, is where our stuff really shines because we're making good mechanical grip in the rear, but our cars can cut and steer across the racetrack. So, uh, it's something that I really focused on throughout the years and. Um they they made a rule for our right front lowers now, which has kinda gotten out there. So we had to go to work here in the last two weeks here and and um and and work on some other stuff on the right front and it's not gonna hamper us at all. So I'm pretty pumped up about that. You know, I think the
4: being a, a PR guy for Verder Car, you know, we tend to, much like the other uh, folks in the PR world, we tend to have to la- uh, manage a lot of like messaging and, and kind of like uh, fan reactions and fan opinions. And we know that, you know, you are no stranger to social media, um, just like I am. And um, I think a lot of the things that we, I typically see on a regular basis is a lot of complaining about Hoffman. Same thing when, when you know, people like, you know, uh, you know Jeff Lika or Mike Harrison, you know, dominate all these, you know, for all those years uh, in, in Illinois, you know, you you, it's it's common for people to kind of get bored of a winner all the the time so how do you kind of manage you know the uh negative kind of opinion what basically what do you have to say to all the kind of the haters out there
5: yeah i mean it is what it is it's what makes our sport go around you know when scott bloomquist walks across that stage and you get half the people boo and half the people cheer i mean it's what makes it cool so uh it don't make you know bother me at all the people that you know, hate on me are the motivators. You know, you gotta, everybody says that it's cliche, but um, that's what you gotta use to just keep pushing to make sure you stay on top. And um, so I just, I enjoy it. Like, especially on the social media side, I think people see a different side of me that they don't really ever see, uh, especially on Twitter. So um, I really just kind of say what I want on there. (laughs) And some people love it and some don't, but, um, you a just, Kenny Wallace's it, playbook yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, Kenny, he is the guy that does not care what he says, oh, right. you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't, will, doesn't work for NASCAR that. Fox anymore, exactly. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so and I've hung around him enough the last uh, couple months, so yeah, I mean it's it's cool, and I, I want to be known as a guy that I can run anywhere across the country and win races. I don't want to be a guy that's just went in right around Illinois or right around, you know, the south or whatever, so that's what I really focus on is uh, I think this year we're at We've won in seven different states or something already. So um, it's pretty cool. Just I, I try and travel around, and I feel like in order to win a national title, you need to be able to beat everybody in the nation. You know, you got to go race against the, every part of the country. So uh, that's what I focused on the last two years when I won the title, and, um, and this year uh, I'm trying to do the same thing. So when you got here, you just mentioned that you you're leaving today, right? You're going yeah. you're going to run a late model
0: at the Dream. Talk yeah, talk a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, so I'm pumped up to to go back to Eldora. I went and ran the Johnny Appleseed last week, uh, ran decent. We we showed some speed there. Um, so I'm excited to go back and run for the Hatcher's Auto Sales. It's a Team Zero car. Be um, teamed up with Scott again. So um, I'm pumped up to work with Cody Summer and Scott. On that program, um, let's see how it goes. I mean, I, I feel like we got a pretty good you know, hot rod. I just, myself, not making enough laps in late miles the last year here. Um, you put yourself in bad positions, like last week at the Johnny Appleseed, I, I had a really good car, and then they inverted four for the heat race and uh, run third, because I, I, I was second quick overall which I was pumped up with that ah, but then they invert four so then I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough enough to pass <laughs> yeah. there but um I just put myself in bad positions and dirty air and and um probably wasn't aggressive enough. Them them late miles you just you got to drive like you're pissed off at them all yeah. the time and um I just was too laid back and probably should have been more aggressive at the beginning of the heat race and probably at the beginning of the feature there and uh, run sixth. Um so yeah, I think we got a pretty good car for this weekend. I just um uh, just got to be more aggressive.
0: Now um, you know, we have guys like Tyler Bruning and Gustin and Strickler that have made these jumps from modifieds into late model. Will we ever see, is that a career projection you think yeah, about? I mean, or? So
5: everybody asked me that and I don't know, just the late model deal is fun. It's great. But, um, unless you're doing it full time yeah. it for a guy like me, I can, it sounds screwed up, but I can make more money racing modifieds. Yeah.
4: Wow. Uh, um, really?
5: Yeah. Just cause you know, I'm building cars and you know, I got my business and stuff that runs really well. So, um, I, you look the way I look at it is say most of these late model guys are forty percent uh, of winnings. You know some guys are thirty, but forty percent. So there's a ten thousand win show pretty much everywhere, or you know any week in the in the country somewhere. So if you don't run third, say, if you, say it pays three, three grand to run third, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're 40%, you only made, 50, you know, 1,200 bucks, 1,500 bucks or whatever. And I can make 1,500 bucks running my modified pretty much anywhere in the country every sure, week, sure. you know? Right. And so, and I'm 100%. So, you know, obviously I got my my fees of traveling up and down the road and that, but my dad's my engine builder, um, you know, and then I'm, I'm on really good product deals with a lot of different companies because I buy so much product. So, um, so my cost of, racing in a modified is super low like a night for summer nationals if as long as nothing goes wrong a night will cost me 300 bucks and race for 1500 you know what's what
4: goes into that 300
5: um we'll put on one tire a night normally for that deal sometimes two um and then some racing fuel and then whatever it costs for toter fuel but most of these places are close enough it's um Unfortunately, with our our president, our gas prices are kind of high, but <laughs> uh, uh, so it's going to cost us a little bit more travel up and down the road this year. But um, it's it's not bad, you know. It's decently affordable, and then you can race every single night and string it. You know, if you string enough good finishes or wins together, uh, you make decent money. And then at the end, if you win the championship, it's another five. So um, I got you know some pretty good sponsors that helped me out on on the summer nationals tour, and I couldn't do without them. But um, that's why I feel like. It's just more reasonable for me to stay modified racing, uh, especially with my business. That's my career um, whenever I do quit racing. But uh, right now, I feel like I'm in my prime age of of being on the road and racing and winning races. So I need to stay out there. How many guys do you have out there running elite chassis right now? Um, I don't know exact number, but I, I'm, we're, we got over 100 cars out there racing right nice. now. So that that alone is just a feat to keep up with mm-hmm. bumpers and A-frames and shipping parts on Monday and, and all that. Um, it's it's tough to keep up with. And then my phone's obviously blowing up every day with people asking questions and, and this and that. Like yesterday, we spent all day just setting up a car. He drove down from Indiana, we set it up, and he, he went back home, but like it's just, that's um a full-time gig of just trying to keep up with all that and uh we're drop shipping parts every day and shipping stuff out of the shop and then uh trying to you know keep my ducks in a row my race team is uh is a lot. Right. Do you, do you ship clips out or do people have to come to get a clip? Yeah. So like Kenny Wallace just tore that car up like a month or two ago and he had to bring it down here and we, <laughs> yeah. we put a front stub on it and the whole body in about two days and he went back home and went racing. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, but yeah, we we got two, uh, fabricators in the shop working. I got one guy that just builds bumpers and a frames and stuff. And then I work on the jig a little bit and build some cars, but lately I just focus on, um, assembling you know like every every car that's ever left my shop i've pretty much assembled everything on it i do all the bodies myself um, and really, you know, like I'm hand cutting all that stuff still, none of our stuff's water jetted. So, uh, we have gotten to the point where all of our tubing on our chassis stuff is CNC bent and laser notch. So that sped us up a bunch on the chassis side and, and made us more repetitive. Um, but as far as, uh, the assembly and, and bodies, I'm still doing all myself and, um, that takes, you know, the body stuff. So it takes so much time, but, mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, building bumpers and all that type of stuff i've been building front bumpers just trying to keep you know ahead of everything but you know as we're so far behind like right now as far as chassis sales i'm already into next year on stuff wow so um and two i'm gone racing so even though i got guys at the shop the chassis stuff slows down because you know i'm gone but um but it's just uh, i want to be on the road racing have you had any issues with the the
0: shortages? I was up talking to Mark Richards a couple of weeks ago, and he and he yeah. started stockpiling some parts ahead of time. Yeah,
5: um, yeah, just you know, there's a lot of pieces that that uh, come from China on the front ends of a modified. You know, like mm-hmm. the spindles and the center links and all that type of stuff. We're still just using just stock GM stuff, and it's all yeah. coming from China basically. So, um, so yeah, we struggle to get spindles spindles are a pain and that's something that people knock off pretty yeah, regularly yeah. you know <laughs> um center links are getting to be a pain so just just small stuff like that um the price of tubing has skyrocketed and the price of aluminum has skyrocketed i mean you know we were paying 55 bucks for a sheet of aluminum last year this time now we're 85 you know mm-hmm. so it just it sucks um so you got no choice but to drive the price up but um yeah just everything has uh, gotten more expensive and and tougher to get, and then obviously it's tough to get anybody to work nowadays too. Yep. Um You know, we're seeing the Hoosier tire sort shortages and stuff like that, and um, hopefully that don't become an issue for us uh, in these coming weeks of summer nationals.
0: Do you think with like things like spindles and and drag links? I mean, is there an opportunity here to, to manufacture them here?
5: Yeah, I'm sure there is. It's just the cost, like set you know, up. like we're or paying a hundred bucks for a spindle from China and it'd be probably two or three hundred to get it made here. You know, it just, it sucks. But,
0: um, are they forged A forged spindle? It's just a
5: cast, Okay, just a junk cast spindle. And they're not like, you know, they're not made like they used to be made for pennos, you know, back of the old pennant cars. (laughs) So you go out there and touch something or you look at it the wrong way, it's pretty much bent. So yeah, yeah, it sucks. But, um, you know, if you keep beefing things up, something else is gonna bend, you know sure. what I mean? So yeah, that's just one of our weak points and you'd rather put a $100 spindle on than a $250 lower, you know?
4: Yeah. Um You know, speaking of all these different parts uh, on cars, uh, it kind of brings up a uh, something for me with the tech now, how the kind of the technology in these cars has changed. You know, you mentioned, you know, your uh, dirt car once got rid of the spoilers that we had on the back and now you're yeah. looking for other ways to get downforce. You're a three time, our Summer Nationals or Dirk our Summer Nationals champion. Uh, what was the difference between you know your 2016 race car and the one you're building for this year?
5: Yeah, so um, well, really. So you've seen me run Bristol in that car that was from 2012. Yep. Um, that car, literally, the only thing I did was pulled it. You know. Um, I had it sitting on a jig outside at my house and I pulled it off that jig, stuck it on the actual main jig there, put some shock mounts on it and some four length brackets and that car raced. And I felt like I was competitive enough to win that deal. I Mm -hmm. just didn't put myself in the right positions and we broke some, um, had a mechanical failure. But um, so what we were building then is still pretty much what we're building now. Uh, We've cleaned a lot of stuff up, made stuff nicer, a little bit lighter here and there. But uh, like my 2016 car to now, um we got some obviously our shock stuff has changed um and but really like our right front left front right rear springs are all the same and our pull bar spring everything as far as that is all uh, exactly the same so um it's kind of funny because like kyle hammer's running really well um in the illinois area right Mm -hmm. now and he's basically running what i was running back then you know and he's um just like his left rear geometry and stuff is exactly (laughs) like what we would have ran back then so Mm -hmm. um i feel confident like any of that stuff you know still could win races and and be just as dominant as just uh we've moved on to some different stuff and uh whether it's better or not i don't know but obviously we're winning races so you don't change too much do you have a lot of the like the late model type uh, like suspension parts in your car right now? Yeah, as far as um, you know, bar locations and stuff like that is is really similar to what they're doing on late models. Um, but obviously, our cars are pool bar versus the late models a lift arm car. So. Um, and like our pool bar geometry has not changed since I started my business. There's a lot of things that actually hasn't changed since I started the business as far as uh, pieces that we bolt on and that type of stuff, and it, which is hard to believe. But um, this it's one of those deals that if ain't broke, don't fix it. And we've never had to mess with it. So, um, yeah, it's just. There's a lot of little trinket things that you can do here and there, Um, just spending time on your stuff. A lot of it's just, especially you get into this summer nationals deal is maintenance and making sure you stay on top of your stuff because you can can head down the drain pretty quick on uh, just not staying on top of your equipment.
0: You said it's just you and one crew guy that goes on the road for the hell tour?
5: Yeah, so it's just me and Sean. and we'll do this whole deal. Uh, my dad will come in on the weekends and, and help out when he can, but he's got a full-time job. Um, so that, that makes it tough. But, um, he, he when he comes in, he's kind of like, I would call him my drivetrain guy. So he's the engine builder. Mm-hmm. He makes sure, um, you know, everything's going good as far as engine training, drive shaft, that type of thing. So, um, And then he maintenances the rig or anything we need as far as that goes but so he'll come in probably at least two or three weekends and and help us out uh but it's just me and sean we've been racing on the road here for the last three weeks together um pretty smoothly you know i haven't really had many big issues we broke a motor at at eldora and hot laps but it was just kind of a part failure deal and we already got that thing pretty much fixed up and ready to go again so as long as you don't have nothing stupid happen you drive pretty smart and don't wreck stuff. Um, it can go pretty smooth for you, but, uh, you go out there and, and get on the Illinois bull rings and start blowing the deck out every night and stuff yeah. is when it, uh, yeah. it gets tough real quick. So you don't see me up by the wall very often. And, uh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Being kind of like a, 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 family on the road, which I know you've done before with your, with your, your wife
4: and your, uh, your son, I believe. Yeah. Um, what's it, what's it kind of like having to do like racing and kind of family time on the road?
5: Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. He's gotten to the point now he's old enough. He, you know, he knows what's going on and and really enjoys it. Um, I mean, pretty much when I get out of the car, he wants to get in it and just sit there and saw on the steering wheel and have my helmet on and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But, um, yeah. And, and, um, what was that two years ago? Uh, when he was, he was just newborn. Um, we went on the road, it was just me and her and him and, you know, he wasn't, but, uh, two or three months old. So. And we did the whole thing. I did it pretty much by myself. And Sean would come in um, and run some, you know, go to the Illinois races with me. And Dad would come out on the weekends. But, I mean, there was probably at least 10 to 12 nights that I raced by myself. Um, and, you know, it was the same deal. If you don't have nothing to happen, it's, it's fine. But I had a couple of buddies. Like, I just parked with, like, Frank Hekenes, Jr., um, and he would actually, after the late mile race, he'd come out and like signal for me and stuff. Yeah. on <laughs> yeah, the modified race. So just help me out whatever way he could. But, um, I, that was fun too. Just, uh, he was only two months old and, and they did the whole tour with me cause she wasn't working. And, um, now she, they'll, they'll still come to probably every bit of 10 to 15 races this year. Uh, but she's back working again and he's getting to the point where he's. He's pumped up, and he's uh, we got about probably two more years, and he'll be racing. I'm sure. There you go. <laughs> what are you gonna put him in first? Uh, obviously my family owns Millbridge, so so there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we'll do a box stock <laughs> um out at Millbridge, and that deal is really good for the kids. Um, right now we got like five or six different NASCAR guys' yeah. kids. You know, Cla- uh, Cash Boyer and Owen Larson and Kyle Busch's kids. So, um, it's pretty cool. It just uh, it's a really good show and. Uh, I feel like those cars there teach, teach the kids a bunch. It's exciting. What's going on in Millbridge. I mean, I've been, I've lived here, I think 12
0: years and just to see how it's progressed and, and the names that you see out there on, on the nights racing. So it's,
5: yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and you know, all them, all the NASCAR guys are really personable, um, you know, all the kids are hanging around them and stuff and. Um, that's their heroes, you mm-hmm. know, they see them on Sunday. So yeah, it's really neat. That place is a real shithole when we took it over. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we took it over, it was a dump and, uh, it's taken a lot of work and my sister and brother-in-law, they live on the property there and, and that's their full-time job. And, um, it's obviously became one of the meccas of go-kart racing, yeah, for uh, sure. uh, micro racing now too. So I've been fortunate enough to race a lot out there and, um, I won the speed 51 open big uh outlaw cart race there right. three years ago so that was that was really cool um for me that was one of those deals that i'd ran a couple of years and been close but not good enough and was able to win it so um i enjoy racing out there a little bit i i crashed an outlaw cart the last time i drove it <laughs> flipped one pretty big and that was kind of the end of my outlaw cart career oh boy. <laughs> was it your car or no, was it somebody else's i, I always drove for somebody oh boy. and um just got wheeled getting into turn one and i went through. oh so it wasn't your fault no oh, i believe yeah. it on other people huh <laughs> yeah i, I took for, i took a pretty big shitter there and just um destroyed that thing it hurt like i still feel it like in my back and stuff but Oof. um i was just like yeah that's probably enough for this you know i'm <laughs> yeah. not making a living racing outlaw cars yeah. and just having fun so um so yeah i just uh they're running some micro stuff and I, i'm gonna run a couple of micro races probably and uh, throughout this summer, I'm actually going to run a couple midget races, too. So, oh, no um, yeah, I just I enjoy the open wheel world and um, I want to run some midget races to get ready for Chili Bowl. How many races do you think you run in a year? Do you, do you have a calendar? Uh, I don't really. And I don't even know. Uh, obviously, summer nationals, we do summer nationals. But like two weeks ago, if you would ask me where I was racing next week, I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, but, you yeah. know I just kind of like pick and choose. But um, I would say, you know, we'll be close to. 90 races. Wow. Yeah, I would say somewhere like that. Rocket
4: one races Yeah,
5: (laughs) Yeah, because I mean we knock out basically 10 or 12 in just February and we nowadays you don't stop till December, you know, so um, and then you get midweek shows and then if I'm out there racing at Millbridge or or a midget or anything I try and race everything I can. Um, It it only makes you a better race car driver. You see that with Kyle and and those guys that, that run anything and everything. So, um, I try and race as much as I can. And, um, I'm really excited to do some midget racing. I think, uh, race cars really fascinate me. I was able to do chili bowl this year and, um, and ran decent, you know, so I just feel like I need to be more prepared going into that. Was that your first time in a midget at the chili? That bowl? was my second time in a midget. I ran little Belleville, but, uh, Belle So okay. that was the first time I ever ran a midget and then I ran chili Bowl. So, uh, ran one power, I race and run six and then ran chili Bowl and, and, um, broke a throttle linkage. And my B main had to run the gas with my hand. So that was pretty. How uh, did you do that? Yeah. So basically the linkage comes out by your knee and uh, the linkage fell off of the gas pedal. So you just pulled the. And so I figured out what was going on because the caution came out and the gas pedal just went straight to the floor. Just fell. And so I was just (laughs) idling around there. So I was reaching down and the rod end came out of the linkage. So I was first trying to screw it back together but I couldn't figure out if it was right hand or left hand thread (laughs) and so I couldn't get it put back together and they go lights out we're going green and I was in a transfer spot you know on the B so I was like well I just run the lever with my hand and uh, there's only like two or three laps left and I I missed it by one spot but I just was not it's pretty impressive the controls that's yeah. like that's like driving a race car
0: like a tractor man like a tractor yeah. you got like a throttle that's yeah crazy. those things are tough you know because you give her too
5: much gas you just wheelie you yeah oh so yeah so i was just like because at that time i was running the top and then that happened i was like i'm not going back to the top because i'm going to yard sale this thing if i do that <laughs> so i i just slow rolled around right flip
4: count here.
5: yeah yeah i did not want to do that so i just uh slow rolled the bottom and i ended up getting passed but um so i it, it was fun. It was a really good experience, and uh, Rams Racing gave me a really good car, and I'm excited to do some more racing with them guys. How did your connection with Rams Racing come about? Uh, Jeff Taylor there, um, which is Rockwell Security. They're on my modified. Um, he he's followed me throughout the years, and you know, about four or five years ago, I didn't really know who he was. I knew what Rockwell Security was, and I've seen him on a bunch of different race cars, and um, I think I seen him at Chili Bowl, and we got to talking. And that was like three or four years ago. And he was like, man, like, why are you just walking around here? Why don't you got a ride? I so, well, uh, you know, never really pursued it, but mm-hmm. I would like to do it. So uh, then the year after he was talking about wanting to bring a backup car for me and uh, just nothing worked out. So then this year he was like, for sure we're gonna make something happen. Um, so him and, and uh, Jeff Taylor and Rick Young put the deal together um, to, to do it. and. Uh, now they're like, you know, as, as many races as I want to run, they'll have me a car ready for. So it's really wow. cool for them uh, to give me that opportunity, to a modified guy. So um, they they got really good equipment. Um, Justin Grant for him won a lot of races. Clinton Boyles ran for them last year. So uh, it was good. I had some really good teammates there. Parker Price Miller is obviously an outlaw guy and running really well. So uh, just kind of learning off of them guys. But uh, that's a different world over there. I'm ra- racing them things. And um, it's, it's a different... Just the, the whole driver etiquette and, and everything of, of racing them is, is way different. Um, you know, Like I said, the late models you gotta drive pissed, like you're pissed off at them and the midget's kind of the same way, but the the reward and risk is a lot different. Sure. You know? yeah, right. yeah, yeah, so you bump your head pretty easy in a midget. So um, you just gotta, yeah. You, I don't know. I just, you gotta finesse them a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when the last time we saw a full-size late model flip like a midget does on the back you Yeah, at, yeah so, like, I tell people like literally, at Chili Ball, if you just hit the gas too hard or bang the cushion too hard, like you're done. Like yeah. you're hanging in the catch fence. So yeah. it's really like that little margin of error. Yeah, for me at least, I guess. <laughs> it's it's, it's a all lot. you have to do with your hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's I guess it's a lot different for Kyle and Christopher. But I mean, you've seen Christopher this year flip, you know, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. big. Um and There's I was like just four laps to go in the future, yeah, right? Yeah. Just bang the cushion way too hard and just put her on the bike and was done, you know. So it, yeah, it's, it's very easy to crash. The power to sure. weight
0: ratio is pretty insane with those yeah, things. Yeah, so.
5: it is. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing with them is, um, literally if you, when the track's fast, you step on the gas too hard, you do a wheelie, you yeah. know, and then you, a lot of these guys dump the gas and then they have flipping over the right front and they trip over the right front and flip. So it's just, <laughs> I've seen enough races to see how many guys crash and how they crash that I don't want to do that. So I, I try and, uh, try and eliminate those issues. <laughs> Baby <Gotcha>. little. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. that's that's how much like with the i'm not too familiar
4: with our uh with the midget side of things i think we'll have to phone in brian walker for our uh, tech on that but how how much horsepower do those things make do you know
5: uh right around 300 i'm pretty sure yeah wow um what's the weight uh i don't even know if they're 1400 or 1200 not much yeah it's not too much yeah i have no clue i think a sprint car is what it's 1500 yeah $1, the in the car. so We're chili bull, yeah. chili bowl no weight limit there's no scales it's no weight limit so so as light as possible light as possible the yeah i didn't know that yeah so you they do everything they can t- everything's tie and carbon and stuff like that and you basically got a horse jockey driving it whether it's yeah. kyle yeah. or rico or one of those <laughs> yeah. guys yeah. so uh i so don't you, know
0: ross we drove one one time yeah he did did you see what
4: happened to him yeah
5: so That's funny. they uh, get I, some T-shirts out of it, though. Yeah, for sure. You see Ross <laughs> we T-shirts everywhere. Yeah, like, no, really. Yeah, <laughs> I do all the time. Like it's just funny because everybody knows Ross, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all the stuff he's done. and That was pretty cool for him to get out there and do yeah. it. And the biggest thing with Chili Bowl is the the different drivers that come in to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from IndyCar all the way. You know, obviously the NASCAR guys, but um, guys coming from across the pond and stuff. So that was really neat for me to uh, interact with a lot of those guys and uh, enjoy watching them race is it the most race cars you've ever seen in one place at one time? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been fortunate enough to go there and watch for quite a few years and and probably drink a little bit too much and have a good time. But <laughs> um, that's part of the Chili Wall, And it's just um, – if nobody's ever been, like, that is one deal. You It don't matter if you just show up and go to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, you got to at least see Friday and Saturday uh, of that deal, um, especially Saturday start racing at 10 a.m. And, and race all yeah. day. Um, so it's just – it's quite the spectacle to see that many cars and um, all in the one in one building there, and the way they flow through the program, and it's all done right. Sure. How do you take to the Michigan tracks? Those are, I, I honestly,
4: I think, two of my favorite unexpected tracks of last year for going to all these tracks
5: for the first time was Tri City and Merritt. Yeah, um, Tri City, i had never been there before either, and that was one of the funnest races last year. I felt like, I mean, it was burn up slick from hot laps on and it didn't rubber or nothing and you could kind of go anywhere on it. It was really nice. And then Merritt, uh, is, is a Michigan Bullring, ring mm-hmm. and gets pretty burn up slick. And, um, it's, it's a neat place. I've been there a couple times. I don't think I've ever won there. Um, but last year I run second to corrupt and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that place is pretty neat. It's, uh, a different type of racing. Um, flat super flat on the straightaways and like one and two is pretty banked. three and four is kind of flat it's um it's a different a different character for sure
0: well thanks for taking the, the time out of your day to do this i know you gotta yeah. get your shit together and get up to eldora but you got anybody to thank
5: yeah i mean obviously all my product sponsors um fox shocks uh, nascar technical institute helps me out on, on my motor side uh, everybody helps me on the elite chassis side eibach springs uh algar performance uh Jerevitz shock services um, Bassett Wheel, Schoenfeld Headers, uh, Superior Fuel Cells, Weir's Machine. He does a lot for me. Um, just all those guys, Fast Um I'm lucky enough to, or fortunate enough to work with a lot of great companies that uh, we don't really. Have very many mechanical failures, so mm-hmm. try and stay on top of that. But uh, this deal here coming up at Summer Nationals, you got to stay on top of it and uh, make sure you don't have any issues to, in order to win that championship. And I'm glad you told me it was 12 this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. You uh, can't take as many races off as you think you can. <laughs> yeah. So I won 13 last year and that was, I guess, the record or whatever. So yep. I'm shooting to try and break that. I, it's what, um, next week's going to be a big week for us. I think uh, we got some really good racetracks next week and um, just try and get it started off on the right foot. And I, I would really like to be that 13
0: i could have talked to nick hoffman for probably another hour um the way he goes about setting up race cars and working on his stuff is is sort of how i used to go about things and trying to tweak every nut and bolt and get the weight out of it and just massage on it so Super fun to have him come in studio and and hopefully we hear from him again.
2: Yeah, Nick Hoffman's going to be fun to watch this summer. Can't wait. Uh, Obviously, uh, Georgia Hanaberry will be interviewing him a lot this week, this uh, year on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals as we get ready. Uh, A lot of things to watch on Dirt Vision this weekend. Friday night, fan appreciation night from the Grove, the Williams Grove Speedway for weekly racing. Also weekly racing from the Jacksonville Speedway, Jacksonville, Illinois. That bull ring never disappoints. And then uh, Friday as well, the Big Guns Bash at the Knoxville Raceway for the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. That's Friday and Saturday. And uh, let's not forget Sunday as well, HUSET Speedway for uh, some sprint car action there. And Tuesday, we kick off the 36th Annual Dirt Car Summer Nationals from the Brownstown Speedway Live. Check it out on Dirt Vision. We go to Peoria on Wednesday. And it just goes on and on and on. So uh, definitely get that dirt vision subscription. If you're gonna if you're thinking about getting a dirt vision su- subscription, this is the time. This is the time you got the summer national, you're gonna have racing basically every day. Every day in the next few months. Like it's on from here. So get it. Download the smart apps, download the apps, get on your TV. It's so easy to work with a dirt vision com check it out a lot of great things happening on there and
0: if you go with the annual fast pass you look at how much racing you get throughout the year it's actually it's less than a dollar per race which is pretty amazing yes
2: it's pretty amazing how much uh live races you get plus that, that's just live racing Mick. that don't include the vault the exclusive like there's a lot of great things on there all right, race fans. Well, thank you so much for joining us in episode number 17 of Stick Signals. Uh, we will see you next weekend where uh, hopefully <laughs> we, uh, we can all uh, get together again sometime uh, until I see you again, Mike Warren. Uh, Mick, hopefully I'm with you soon. I, I think I'll see you in North Carolina here in a couple of days, but either way, we'll see you guys down the road. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 17. We'll be back for 18 next week. Have a great week, everybody.